Welcome to the Mentality Podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about healthy masculinities. I'm your host, Lao Chokan, and throughout this podcast, we'll hear from a wide range of guests about the views and experiences of manhood. We'll look at the bits we should celebrate, but also its messy parts, while having a bit of a laugh. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mentality Podcast. This is a bonus episode where Aaron Barnett-Clark, the captain and founder of Maroon Fitness, and I are discussing about how to shift your mentality from a negative to a positive one to make sure that actually it works for you and how to overcome any challenges and barriers. But also we're going to discuss about race and society. This is a powerful episode because there are a lot of gold nuggets that Aaron and I are chatting about. Thanks for listening and don't forget to like, subscribe or comment or any platform you're listening or share this podcast with your friends. Without further ado, let's jump straight into it. But it's just understanding where you are. There's so many different environments in this world that we can be. Like, so it's just each individual understanding where they are. You know, a term that is used a lot in Rastafarian culture is overstand. So you don't understand, you actually overstand it. So it's realizing and accepting the fact that the society we're in, for example, is a capitalist society which needs to make money. They obviously have certain prejudices and oppressions against certain groups. This is just the truth. So just realise that this is why certain things are set in place. And now you know and you've overstood the whole system, you can really now just roll with the punches and dodge these things. And it's not always that back and forth of why, why me or why us or... You know what I mean? There's injustices all over the world for every group on this planet has some type of injustice, you know? So it's just about, yeah, just overstanding the system, not being angry with it. I think when you understand it, you come at it with more anger. But when you overstand, yeah, the anger's out the window and it's just, you realise this is what it is. And, and there's other places as well. Like it's, it's not the same in every location, you know? So Yeah, yeah. and I, I think what it stands out to me from what you shared idea of overstanding like you know you kind of you go beyond that you don't really understand but mm. you, i'm thinking when you write the system kind of way it functions it has a lot of glass ceilings that sometimes doesn't allow certain groups certain yeah, communities yeah. to move forward and i think you're right it helps much more to, okay they know there's a ceiling for me so the question is how i try to change the system but also how to kind of you know go through that or push that glass ceiling further away so i can just move further and further towards my goal you realize also within my situation, it doesn't help to just like, oh, why me, why me? Because the growth happens when I realize, okay, it happened, heal from it and just move on. Don't stay in that place. Look forward. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's, that's it. Literally look forward and glass is easy to break. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about your perspective. Do you get what I mean? And that's, that's what it all comes down to. I think for a lot of people, if a perspective on something isn't serving you and making you stronger then change your perspective is something that we're all in control of. And I realized growing up, the perspective I had weren't serving me. I was asking the same questions and I was seeing people in my community go through the same cycles. And then I realized it's the perspective. Everyone's looking at it from a certain perspective that isn't serving them and isn't serving their community. And then, yeah, once you just take two steps to the left, one step back, turn around two times and take another step to the right, you have a different perspective and then you're like, okay, this one here, it serves me. I can really see a positive outcome in this perspective and there's optimism in there and, and that's the one you go with. And yeah, so it, it just comes down to people just realizing, and this goes for 
whether it's manhood, parenthood, any walk of life, if the perspective you have on the situation isn't serving you, then just change. And that's it, because, yeah, the, the system is made up of people. It's not machine. 100%. I, I agree with that, that, yeah, we we are the system, and the system is made up of people, and then people in the end enforce the rules yeah. of the system. It can provide an alternative to that. But at the same time, I still think certain systems or like institutions can be a bit rigid and resistant to change but you're right that within and using different people and things can be pushed to, to change but still I'm of the view that I think we need both that we need to change and we can provide a response because yeah we are part of the system in a way or another the reason I say this is no I think I think you're right so I agree with what you're saying yeah. both need to change but the method in which they change is up to us so you could change it from the bottom up or from the top down and I think like if one person concentrates, just one person concentrates on influencing just one other person in a positive mindset, you've influenced everyone. You change that person's world, right? Yeah, and that's it. And then, and then if that person says, all right, I want to change one person as well, we would literally, next thing you know, we'd all be on the same page and the change would trickle upwards. And certain people have done that. I've definitely seen people like like freedom fighters, different freedom fighters throughout history I've seen do that. I would say, and my criticism would be, is that it has to be balanced. Especially being of African descent, there's been so many freedom fighters of African descent. And they're not just fighting for the rights of themselves, they're fighting for the rights of everyone. So it's like, you could take someone like Martin Luther King, what he fought for, the civil rights, was everyone's civil rights. Not even just African-American civil rights. But what I do realise is that a lot of them were assassinated, right? And so what I would say is that know when to pull back. Okay, and you have to understand that you can make a lot of change within the world we're in and within the community they're in. But once you try to really... These systems have been put in place for centuries. You get what I'm saying? And this is just my criticism, my personal opinion, is that once you've got the power of the people, start thinking about the people, solely the people. Because it gets to a certain point where you start thinking about government. You start thinking, no you know what, I want to change government. And that's when they'll come down on you. So if I do take someone like Martin Luther King, there was a certain point when he should have realised, within, and maybe he did, definitely what it's taught me is that you get to a certain level and you realise, I don't actually want to change the government. I'm doing this out of love. I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this out of love. And I, I only want to love those that love me. So if the people that are protesting every day love me, I'm going to concentrate on that. And I learned that the hard way myself. I wanted to put together a, a festival. And it was it was a part festival, part march to celebrate people of African descent. And the fact that we shouldn't buy into a lot of the bad stuff going on. I invested my own money into it. It was called Africa Day Fest 2018. It was a peaceful march. Top DJs and performers said they'll come and perform. The Metropolitan Police shut it down two days before the event. I lost money. Other people gave me back my money. It was totally fine. But what I did learn from that, I started thinking about all the other people who tried to help people of African descent in the oppressor's land. So in a land where they're being oppressed, right? And how they were taken out. And I thought to myself that there's multiple ways to help people, women, to help children, to help people of all ethnicities. And maybe the way isn't to keep banging on these conglomerate doors, on these institutions doors because they have real power and they can they wiped me out with one phone call and I but I thought to myself that doesn't mean that I can't still affect hundreds of people 
And if it's about the people, then continue with making change with people. But if this is about government, then you know what they're going to do. I compared myself. I said, are you as great of a freedom fighter as Martin Luther King? Are you as great as it as what he was? And I, you have to be real. I said, no, I'm not willing to go through the things he did. So then just be real with yourself. And maybe there's another route. Do you get what I'm saying? And sometimes someone did tell me when it happened. Sometimes you can't always go to the front door. You have to go around the back. So through what we're doing with Maroon Fitness, I feel like this is the avenue. I'm not going to end up plastered all over the news with a march, you know, and with a protest. No. But we'll make change in our local community day by day with families, having conversations like this. It makes a change and it's for the people. So it's kind of like you have to put sometimes the ego aside. You, you set the ego aside and you just say, if you want to help people, just help people. Because you, you'll move much quicker and effectively that way, you know? Totally, totally agree. And just to, to en enrich, you know, the example you gave, like, you know, sometimes you need to go to the back door, not to use the front door. Sometimes you maybe need to use the roof. Exactly. There's, and that's what I mean. There's so many different ways in. And we have to open ourselves up to that. And yeah, and there's, there's so many things. I see it all the time. Even me, as a man of African descent, when I see the whole Black Lives Matter thing happening in 2020 and, and onwards, And I can see through it now that I realize when, when a system has bought a movement, when capitalism has bought it, when it's not owned by the people anymore, or when it starts becoming performative, like the kneeling, you know, the kneeling that all the football players, it's performative. It's not genuine. And I believe that's why people, the fans that do backlash against it, that's why. Because they know that's not real change. And there's a lot of performative things that happen in this society that give the illusion of change. But it's not. And I'm sure, I'm 100% sure, if you wanted to improve race relations, I'll give you a perfect example. So you put together a school trip, yeah, for five schools from all over England. You just buy Fort Park for the day, yeah? You get all schools to go there for free from all over the country. They all go Fort Park. And you, you take pictures, you have film crew down there, and you just film that. That is how you change people's lives. It's not performative, it's real action. It's done. It's with children. They're going to remember this forever because that's how you, that's how we work as humans. When you experience something for the first time, you remember it forever. And that would be it. Done. You've made real change. And think about how much millions there are between those 22 football players that are kneeling at one time. I, I see, I see your point. This is my perspective. What, at least what I see when people are kneeling. For me, it's a reminder that, you know, black lives matter. So it's it's a it's a powerful symbol that is done. I agree with you that some you know can be, can be seen as performative, but also as someone of African descent who this movement is meant to be for. Yeah. Even I see first of all, when did people like you never forgot that Black Lives Matter. You never forgot that Asian Lives Matter. You never forgot that life mattered. So who first of all who is it really talking to? Another thing is that these people have run societies for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years hundreds like they've gone to other societies and invaded for hundreds of years the we're not talking to idiots if they really want to stop a type of oppression they can stop it like do you see what i'm saying 100% no, they can stop it. Yeah. They're, they're not idiots they have the best top people in the world going work for them they're not silly so that's what i mean it's performative They, the government that be, that own it, are allowing this to take place. 
And so it's like, even for me as someone of African descent, I know like, you know, you know when some, it's like someone, imagine someone trying to stick up for you and your ethnicity and, and, but they're the ones that are oppressing you. But then they're saying, yeah, the England team is, is going to get down on one knee for you. But it's like, bro, forget the England football team, the England government is oppressing me. What the, you know what I mean? So it's performative. This is just your sports team. This is a, a game. So when it comes down to the realness of it, the nitty gritty, and this is what I mean by overstanding. When you overstand the system, you see that, no, this isn't doing anything. You want to make a real difference. Take an African artifact that you have in the British Museum and give it back. Just give it back. That would make a big difference. Do you know the re- what that would do between the relationship between people of African descent and Britain if they were to just do that? But they won't. Because that would actually make real change. And European people, English people, would start having a feeling towards, a good feeling towards people of African descent. And African people would start having a good feeling towards British people, vice versa. And it would actually create change. Because they'll see it as, my queen gave something to you. And they love their government. And then we would see it as, from the, from the African point of view, you gave something back. All is not forgotten but at least we can start working on forgiveness. remember this is just conversation between me and you and we're coming up with great solutions here that could really make a difference but they're sending us around in circles and i understand that i understand the fact that if they keep making gestures in sports then it's gonna really keep our mind from making real gestures in real life it's a 90 minute game it's actually a kid's game that kids play you see what i'm saying I see your point and I do get it. It's what I'm hearing is that it's kind of a distraction from other things that could actually could be have more meaningful yeah. impact. They did not then just by, you know, kneeling before a game for a couple of seconds. I also agree that there are alternatives that we can put in place, as you mentioned, like, for example, just the way you started Maroon Fitness, when, you know, the institution, the so-called institution, like the gyms were closed. Yeah. You guys came with a palpable, real community-oriented solution. I loved more being part of room fitness than exactly. just going and sweating by myself in a, in a room full of machines. Exactly. It's, 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 I think if we, we all start taking that mentality, I think, of just being proactive and, and optimistic, really just overstanding. Start overstanding life. The perspective it gives you, it gives you such clarity, you know? It's so funny. Like, I went, I went to pay respects to, um, there's a, have you heard of the New Cross Fire? Yes. It was about yes. 41 years ago, 40-something years ago. Mm. I went to pay respects with my younger sister because she never knew about it on the anniversary. And in the house next door to the fire, someone had a sign in their window that said Black Lives Matter. And I said, isn't that funny? Look, we're here at the 40-something anniversary of this racist attack. And if you look there, this brand new campaign has come out for the exact same thing. And I just, and she was like, oh my gosh. Like, I never, and I said, it's a cycle. Give it another 40, 50 years, there's going to be a new slogan. I, th- I kept telling her, this is, it's just a system, the systematic thing that we're in. It's just a cycle. It keeps running. So the thing that happened 40 something years ago, that was my mum's generation. And everyone protested for that. And I just told her, mine and your generation is George Floyd. It's the exact same thing. It, and there's going to be another one. And another one. And, another, and it's just us realising, hold on a minute. We're running around in circles here. If we want to make real change, take a different perspective and really do something about it. And, and I definitely think we all have 
it within us. It doesn't have to be fancy and glossy and funded by a big company. It could literally just be a conversation. As simple as that, I'd say start there for anyone if they do want to make a change. Just start talking about the change you want to make. You'll start there and then from that it will become an action. Yeah, and I think it's just what I find is so powerful in the end that don't know if we can change an institution or not. But I think the power we have is with ourselves mm. that we can make it make the change and influence the you know the world we live in, the community we live in. And as as you said, like having a conversation, you change your mind's perspective about society or police and so on. And that's a massive change that you can have an impact and it's much more secure and guaranteed. Because I was reflecting on when I was studying political science and there was a great minister in Romania, Minister of Education, and he made massive positive reforms for Romania. And I was so happy. And I remember I think after a year or something, he's been changed by the government and another minister has been put in place. And that person reverted all the good changes they made. Wow. And I was so sad, but also realized that you can be in an extremely powerful position. Mm. You make reforms and they cannot overlast because somebody else comes with different views they disagree with you and then you regress. But then investing in your family and community, that can be a long-term investment. Long-term. Can, and that's why I think it's much more powerful. And I totally agree with you that. I think that's where, where the real and lasting shift happens. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, because no one can... No, who's going to come and reverse that? Do you see what I'm saying? Once you... Politicians, they change every couple of years. It's a cycle, right? It's a cycle. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, it's all about solution-based thinking now. I totally agree, because for me it's the same, like, what's the solution in this situation, how we can improve things? Exactly, yeah, there's, and that's what it is, it's before you, I guess, you got to think about your aim, because is it about fame, is it about money, is it about the people, and even when I think about the festival that I put on, though I wanted to help the people, it was definitely, a part of it was ego-driven, I wanted to definitely show up the government for the things they had done, there's so much, there was a lot of ego-driven things, there was a lot of DJs and speakers involved that also have fame to their name and things like that. But once I realised, actually, just listen, if you want to help people, there's people all over the world. What makes one life greater than the other life? Do you see what I'm saying? Whether I help someone here or I help someone a thousand miles left or right or east or west, you get what I'm saying? And your money would go a lot further as well. The same money I could have used to hire out this big uh, sound system, for example... I could have just sent that to a family. You see what I'm saying? I could have just bought supplies. I could have did anything. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. We have to be we have to be able to analyse ourselves as well, I think, and, and make the change. Just look in the mirror and it sounds so cliche, though. Change the man in the mirror type of... <laughs> do you know what I mean? But honestly, that's where it is. That's where true, real change is. And one of my favourite models on, on speaking about, like, you know, change the man in the mirror is that that saying that says, be the change you want to see in the world. I can make a lasting impact in my own environment by you know, engaging with my friends or my family or the community that I'm part of. Mm. And that's, I think, many times that's, that's enough because that's where we belong to. There's certain truth to it uh, that yeah. it's invaluable. A lot of truth. A lot of truth. And I do wonder as well, one thing definitely, go, going back into parenthood, I do, I'm very curious to see what a human, how a human would be to grow up with these philosophies from birth. All of this that we're, that we believe and we live by. Imagine knowing that when you were five. How does that affect you when you're 10? 
knowing that about yourself, that if you want something, just change yourself. Imagine, like, would you go through certain insecurities as a, as a teenager? Do you know what I'm saying? If, if these type of things were put onto you, probably not. But yeah, I, I, that's one thing I do look forward to, though. I, I like that because it just takes me back to what you mentioned earlier in terms of different response to, to, to for example, to the racism and justice that happens in, for example, in, in UK. You were saying like maybe take a group of, of children and give them a different experience. Given that that experience at a young age can have a lasting impact, building that exactly. security, that confidence in them, and having that as a young age installed in them can have a different impact. We can have a different society. This is the beauty of changing your perspective. Is even for me growing up as a person of African descent and always being on the shorter end of the stick when it comes to the ideology of race, I had to change my perspective on that. I had to really, uh, is my is my understanding and perspective on race serving me well? And I realised it's not. It's keeping me, it's keeping me on the, the back end, it's keeping me on the defence. It's not allowing me to see the bigger picture. And I just had to question, and as I started looking at it, I started observing it for myself, I started realising small things like the categories within this race ideology, like black and white, and it was like, hang on a minute, why are we labelled these colours anyway? Like, you actually start looking at it for what it is. Like, you, you just don't go with it and think it's life anymore. You actually start questioning, why am I labelled opposite to the... Like, why are we opposite colours? Like, And then you start realising, that's the reason for a lot of this stuff. Now, I'm no psychologist, but you can't tell me that the psychologists that work for the government don't realise the psychological implications that come with this. They know. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's, so you see, even when I speak, I don't use terms like black and white to identify people. I use continent, continent or country of origin because it's much clearer and it takes the ignorance out of it. Because especially now where we are as people, we're advanced. We have information at a click of a button on our phones. I know what someone of European descent looks like. I know what someone of Asian descent looks like. I might not know what country within Asia they are from but I know you are from the continent of Asia. And if I know that, why am I going to act like I don't know that? Or if I know you're from the continent of, of Europe, why am I going to act like I don't know that? Blanket label someone white. And then with that statement comes all of the negative baggage that comes with it. And then once I do get, if I decide to get to know them, I realise that, oh, they're not just European. They are European, but they're French. And now... And we can actually have something in common because I like French food. I've been to France. My brother lives in Paris. So on and so forth. But if I just blanket label you as white, that's an immediate brick wall. You know what I mean? Because I see myself as black. And black and white are not meant to mix because we have so much negative history. And la, la, and it just goes on and you go back in the same. And it keeps you in that mindset. It's, if you change your perspective and you call someone European, for example... Now you're, a part of you is actually like, okay, I've showed you respect and I've, I've given you your integrity as a human by not calling you a blanket say, I acknowledge where in the world you're from and then I get to know you and I find out more about you and so and I don't hold any stigma. I get to know you as a person first and that takes conversation, which means getting to know each other, so on and so forth. But it's it's all of these ideologies that are kind of, blocking people's clear vision, I should say, and, and then that affects our communication with one another.
So yeah, for myself, I had to even look at it from a different perspective. Like, why are we racing against each other anyway? The point you ended is just absolutely great because that was my kind of one major takeaway from educating myself unhappy and tragedy uh, episode of George Floyd. Mm. Because for me, my realization was that we, you're one. That although I grew up, you know, in Romania in the 90s and you grew up here in London, mm. we had very similar experiences, much more with things that we have in common. Exactly. Than just, I have a different skin color. Yeah, that's a, just a minor detail. That, that exactly. doesn't define who I am. I mean, would we start defining people by the color of their eyes? Exactly. Like the brown eyes versus the hazel eyes or... or do you know what I mean? It's yeah. ridiculous. And this is what I'm saying is that we have a society that is structuring businesses, schools, education, housing, of that. Like, do you know what I mean? Of skin complexion. It's so ridiculous. And this is what I'm saying. Like, we as the people need to just wake up, literally, and just, like, yeah, just change ourselves. Because we are the system. We're the ones that are continuing to perpetuate it. Yes, someone else said that we should think like that. It doesn't mean we have to. And I'm not going to try and change them for thinking like that. Because that would be a waste of energy. And I've seen what they've done to people that have tried. I could just change my household and, and share this perspective with friends and, fr- and they'll share it with friends and, fr- and then next thing you know, you remember as, as people as well, we have to realise, I think our ego is huge, even though we're so small and that's probably why our ego is so big to make up for the insecurity that we're really insignificant individually to this world and universe in the grand scheme of things is that we got to realise that you're only going to live and talk to like what? You talk to, like, within your adult years, like, 200 people or 100 people. Yeah, that's your circle. That's your perimeter. Just concentrate on that. And then you live a happy life. Because within your perimeter, no negativity will be in there. Nothing you don't... You'll stop speaking to people that don't think like that. And you'll start speaking to people that think like you. And they'll introduce you to other people that think like you. Next thing you know, you'll be living in a bubble or world that is tailor-made for you as an individual. You don't have to keep worrying about what this huge conglomerate that really doesn't care about you, doesn't even know your name, is doing next, you know? But yeah, I, re- I realised that as well. It's not personal. Like, a lot of the stuff that happened in the world is... They were happening long before even my mom, my mom and dad met, you know? It's not personal against me, so stop taking it so personal. Just overstand it and fix it to suit you and benefit your life. And You live a happy life. We're only here for a certain period of time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think for me is also, I just remember when I was growing up and this was like the idea of my mom, my mama told me like, remember now what you think, like nobody can take that away from you, but they will not be able to change your mind about what you believe. So stand firm when it comes to, to your values and beliefs. And so I think it's important that knowing that and then helping your household to, you know, or your community. And as you said, like one plus people that we interact, especially as we grow older, the community shrinks because of phase of life we are can still have a powerful impact mm. and i know that you know using social media having like a huge following can impact other people because you reach people from different continents or different places there's an advantage to that but however i think a lasting change happens in community in those kind of closed good close uh, relationships that we have with each other mm-hmm. it's very true it's very true and to be honest, it's just about like, I think someone did say to me, just speaking about what your mum said about the power of the mind. Someone said to me once that the ultimate goal for any oppressive society is just to control your perspective. 
if they can control your perspective on how you see the world, that's it. That's all they want to do. So all you have to do is take that power back and control your own perspective. Like your mum was saying, no one can control this. And it's just about everyone just staying on their toes and just realizing that just because something is shiny doesn't mean it's gold, you know? And have your own individual perspective and take on life. You have the power to make change and mold. And no human is more powerful than another human. Thanks for tuning in today. And remember to check out the other episodes with Aaron, where we chat about masculinity, mental health and fitness. Stay tuned and keep listening to Mentality Podcast.